0: Welcome, friends, people for peace, pods of consciousness, planetary citizens, wherever you happen to be today, listening to Glocal news and social artistry, where we get to talk to people who are building a more humane world from the inside out. Today, I'm joined by my wife, Marsha. Hey, Mar. Glad hey. to have you. And our special guest from Arkansas, Kelly and Donna Mulholland, still on the hill. Hi, gang. Yeah. Hey there. <laughs> so nice to see you. <laughs> yes, we are Zooming these days, aren't we? This
1: time of year, we would normally would might have seen you all over at Waddle Hollow out in the Ozarks, where we
0: often get to be together. Yes, at a wonderful music creativity retreat. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. That's
1: been going on a long time, and, and and you both have become a very important part of it.
0: You make us feel important. Uh, well, hey, yeah. before we get too far into this, I just want to alert the uh, listeners to go to your internet and and type in stillonthehill.com. You can see their music available and, and lyrics and some sound pieces. And Thank you for pointing that out. Uh, one thing I want to steer people to is that there's a whole
1: section on uh, on a gentleman named Ed Stilley. You really might want to have a look at that. Ed Stilley is the quintessential folk artist, and we had the great honor of getting to know Ed about 25 years ago. He made hundreds of instruments, and they all were given to children. He never charged anyone, and it was a beautiful uh, act of, of faith for him. Uh, he was told by God. There's a whole story behind all this. And it's and,
2: all on the website.
1: Yeah, there's a whole section. Uh, in fact, I don't know how many people ever discover this, but if you dig in there, there's about a dozen samples of me playing different instruments that he made. Oh. And, and there's pictures of them, and they're real diverse.
2: And x-rays, where you can actually yeah. see the innards.
1: Right, because the innards uh, inside that instrument, she showed you, for instance, there's a saw blade, and uh, door, springs. door springs, and all kinds of metallic objects are mounted inside. There's a lot more to that story than we need to go into tonight.
0: You know, I think over at Lupus, Missouri, you all yeah. were uh, doing a show with Doug Ely. Mm-hmm. Sure. And and you brought maybe that big one right there. Yes. And I, I tried to hold it. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty heavy duty. It's a
1: chunk of wood. I think it's about 14 pounds. Lee Ruth is a living treasure. In our minds, we, he's a good friend, but I'm also very mindful that Lee Ruth is one of the finest folk artists anywhere, and uh, Columbia should be proud.
2: We hosted a house concert for Lee Ruth right here <laughs> in the Ozark Ball Museum, and we've only hosted house concerts for maybe three people ever in the 15 years we've been here. So not a very
1: big house for one. No, the... not
2: a big house, but it was really. Quite it, amazing to get to it was share him with us. If it, y'all,
1: uh, maybe some of your listeners know Lee. Lee Ruth is. Uh, he he's he's never went, been one seeking stardom and fame. You know he he's very happy to be a local musician doing what he does, and never look. He never traveled outside the area very really. And so our gig just a couple hours away, a few hours away was one of the first times he'd gone that far, and he he sat in here and there were about twenty
0: people, and he said. I feel like I'm in Carnegie Hall. (laughs) It
2: was precious.
0: Well, that's the way I feel about you two. Actually when, when I went to your website, it was like, oh my goodness this award and that award and a day named after him and all, you know, all these different things and it was like i i don't even want to know that <laughs> uh, good good you got the right idea <laughs> yes so um, i mean you all have been valued uh, for your gifts um again and again and i'm sure that will continue and you. you're a, a married couple now
2: six whole years even though we've been together 25
0: yeah we had to try it out
1: first
2: yeah make sure you know
1: we had we had a mortgage before we were having a, mar- a
0: marriage
2: <laughs> and a car and a van payment like, i think the yeah.
0: house was paid off when we got married <laughs> I think so. well i'm kind of curious i don't know that i've ever heard any stories about how this uh this blonde gypsy woman that traveled the country and played with different bands even in las vegas got enticed into staying down by Fayetteville,
2: Arkansas. Is that right? Yeah, that's a a very sordid story. (laughs) (laughs) One of my exes, (laughs) his parents retired here and from Oakland, California, and we moved here and I fell in love with the Ozarks. In fact, they lived in Pineville, Missouri on the banks of Big Sugar Creek. And when I first moved here, I was reading the book, The Mists of Avalon about 35, 40 years ago in an inner tube in Big Sugar Creek in the Ozark mountains. And I just reread it after all those years, like, like this week, I finished it last night, but I fell in love with the Ozarks and I just never wanted to live anywhere else. And I've, I've been all over the whole world, but this is, this is my home,
1: but there's more to the story. We met about 25 or so years ago. And, uh, at the time when I met her, she was working in a in a honky tonk, playing five nights a week with this cover band, uh, a country band called uh,
2: Club West. Was the club the club? Yeah. People called it Club Death.
1: Um, <laughs> what was it called? Backstage, backstage pass. Yeah,
2: but Nine it was, Years, it was a, a very
1: solid country great band. a good band. Uh, very, but they played five nights a week. It was a job.
2: Six hours a night.
1: She she had a salary, you know. She was making. She was a musician that actually made money. Regularly, and and I I I, I met her and, and and I was like, boy, you know what? You could you could be a folk musician. You could enjoy the riches of of the folk industry. <laughs> yeah.
2: But you know the irony of the whole thing was that um, I had written a couple songs ever before I met Kelly, and I brought them to this band at this at this honky tonk and. One of the songs was about Mr. Bose, this old fiddle maker that I had met in the Ozarks. And the bandmates said, why would anybody want to hear a song about an old fiddle maker in the woods? Um, they just wanted to hear the stuff that was on the radio they could two step to. And so I pushed my love and my beginning love of songwriting under the bed and until I met him. And then when we got together, he took me to the Kerrville Folk Festival in Texas, which is a songwriter festival. and. I hit, we walked around campfires all night long, and I heard people writing songs about their life and about their dog and about politics and writing their own songs, not cover songs that somebody else wrote. And it just, it opened up a floodgate. And I was, it was not, I was 40 years old. when yeah. when I first started that, when that floodgate first opened.
1: And now a thousand songs later or something like that. I mean, she is incredibly prolific and uh, and wonderful songs. Too many to, you know, it's, it's it's a little bit stressful for me because they're, it's kind of like sand slipping through my fingers, you know. I cannot possibly keep all these songs in, in rotation, you know. And so some of them rise to the t- surface and, and some of them just get lost. And in, in, uh, luckily, she does record them on a little device, and, and so we have a, a simple recording of most of them, maybe 60 or 70% and of them. And
2: binders with the words and the chords, so that
0: happens. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> well, yeah.
2: for instance,
0: the song that's on your website uh, from the Cane Hill—it's called Cane Hill. Yeah. Uh-huh. The lyrics to, to the songs are there uh, from the album, and oh. I read through that song, and it was—it was such a beautiful memorial, a story. Uh, A—I a, was there. I, I was oh. in Cane Hill on Main Street, and oh. and then. I get to the bottom, and there's this uh, felt picture that you made, which leads into another one of your
2: talents, Donna. That's a new one. It's yeah, new yeah. Mm-hmm. since a, COVID. Since COVID. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, yeah,
1: pretty much as soon as COVID hit, I, our, I remember now, our last gig that we did, you know, before everything got canceled was at the Bentonville Library, and uh, we went to the Bentonville Library to, to set up, and the room was decorated by a local artist who had who'd made, what do you call it, needle Needle felts. felted
2: paintings. And
1: we'd never seen that art form before. And Donna saw that and said, I'm going to do that. <laughs> you know, that's what she does.
2: But you can Google it and learn how to do anything, you know. So I got a little felting needle and, and wool and started felting. But what I wanted to do, because when COVID first hit, You're it right. was very scary. And I felt really sad for the homeless population and the Marshallese in our community. And and since we were kind of quarantined at home, I wanted to do something for them. So I started needle felting um, images of birds and putting them on Facebook and auctioning them and raising money and giving every dime to the homeless shelter and then to the Marshallese population. I'm kind of taking a break from the needle felting now. I... I did too many punch <laughs> She's,
1: She was doing a bird, the, a a bird of a, day. Di- a bird of the I, day. Give
2: us this day our daily bird.
1: Yeah, and it was incredibly popular, and people were buying this stuff. Every time she'd make one, it'd be done. It'd be sold by the time the day was over. I think we have a bird in our uh, tree room. We
3: do. There you go. That's and nice. and, and yeah. we were we made
1: a lot. Of, we made bird some good money for the Marshalese. I want to come back to that, but you know, this was a. We realized after the fact. That what she was doing. There's a word for that. It's called craftivism. In other words, doing some artistic endeavor in order that's
2: cra- a crafty thing.
1: To, that, and using that as a vehicle to help your, uh, you know, social justice, whatever your your priority is in activism.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And in this case, it was the Marshallese. A lot of people don't probably don't understand what I'm talking about when I say Marshallese because they're not a well-known people. They lived in the Marshall Islands. Uh, the
2: Bikini Islands. Bikini and- is
1: one of the atolls uh, over there, and you might remember that the United States, uh, in the fifties, used that as a nuclear bomb testing site. And we—I don't know the exact statistics, but but we dropped many hundreds of nuclear bombs mm-hmm. in the ocean right next to the atolls, and basically destroyed that area forever. So those people were given uh, some kind of an arrangement to come to America. After this and uh, they uh, some of the population went to California, but then their their arrangement ran out. It basically expired. Okay. So they're not even citizens. They have a different arrangement. They don't get to vote they don't get health care anymore. They got lots of health issues because of their history. Mm-hmm. Anyway, somehow or another, they moved to the, the community as a whole. A great number of them moved to Springdale, Arkansas, just north of us,
2: because there's a lot of chicken factories there. There's and work.
1: 10, 12,000 Marshallese there, and uh, they're beautiful people. They're kind of Polynesian. They're dark-skinned. They actually play the ukulele. They mm-hmm. wear muumus. So you know, if you think Hawaii, uh, indigenous Hawaii, you get you're in the right ballpark of their ethnicity. Mm-hmm. But they're just beautiful people. But they live in family units where uh, typically there's grandparents, lots of children all in one area. And so COVID really hit hard. They lost at least 50 elders uh, rapid fire in, in a matter of weeks. We have our, our friends with a stone carver and he said he was carving brave, a stone. Stones. He was carving a stone every day. Mm-hmm.
2: Some of the craftivism was to help that community.
1: She finally got burned out on making the birds. What, what would you do after that?
2: Whatever I wanted.
1: You can see a part of the Ball Museum right there. The, or as we like to say, the ball, ball, ball museum, zim, 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 We have
2: thousands of spherical objects.
0: Our living room is, is, is a museum. Well, we know how they're able to see it. All they need to do is go to patreon.com yes. And become right. a patron of Still on the Hill because you all produce uh, shows right there in your ball museum
2: twice a month, a twice video. a month,
0: and uh, always a fresh song and and fun and uh, the beautiful. It, it keeps you young, you know. When you go and watch it, because Aww. instead of aging, these two just get younger, younger, yeah. younger. <laughs>
2: Thank you. That's nice you
0: know, to hear. It's like a drug. Yeah. You just go and have a drug. and, and, and <laughs> Well, that's wrong. a good thing. That's a nice thing
1: to hear. Yeah. Thank you, Dick. <laughs> right. Right. We'll sure and, it. you know, the
2: Patreon thing is really fun. It's really been helping us through co- this COVID time. And the thing is, we only do two a month, two videos a month. Mm-hmm. And people can just donate a dollar per video. So minimum of $2 a month or whatever is affordable to them. So it's kind of like... It's it's fun for us, and it yeah. kind of helps us, and it's fun for hopefully for the audience too.
1: Yeah, when the, when the gigs all dried up in in April, you know, it, it was like we were very thankful that we have that steady monthly um, thing from P- Patreon. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So before gigs dried up, kind of give us a bit of what a year in the life might have been like. Well,
3: oh, especially
2: our new thing. Yeah, about.
1: we're we're very Don and I, unlike most of our, our folk buddies have a, a kind of a different way of of working uh, it's it's evolved slowly over the last 25 years we're very project oriented mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned cane hill earlier uh, that was our last cd that we made uh, before covid and um it was actually commissioned it was you know uh, the historical foundation at cane hill this tiny little town in arkansas wanted their history to be told and they knew what we did uh, and they they put two and two together and, and and luckily they had some money also and so they were able to finance that project and we wrote an entire body of work about Cain Hill and and a show
2: created a show around
1: and, and then we uh, we scheduled you know 14 or so uh, concerts all over the state to draw attention to Cain Hill and hopefully that helped uh, get the word out and
2: but before that, we did a whole project about the Buffalo River. Before that, we did and one about the-, the White Beaver River. Lake watershed.
1: Yeah, and before it's that- <laughs> it's a pattern for us. And so the new project that we had conceived of was all about birds. And Don and I are um, very avid bird watchers. That's a big part of my world, especially uh, my family. I grew up in a bird watching family. and um, And we love birds, but we're also extraordinarily disturbed by information that is available now, that the bird population is dwindling right. hugely. I mean, it's, it's basically part of the mass extinction that we're going through. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, it should be disturbing to everybody. And in, the more you know about birds, the more you see it.
2: They're kind of the canary in the coal mine.
1: Because you see birds disappearing right before your eyes and, and no longer being like, we don't have quail anymore. We don't have red headed, headed woodpeckers. woodpeckers anymore. Um, mm-hmm they're just gone and you know well, and there's
2: some but you know they're hard,
1: hard yeah. to find but we didn't, we didn't want to write a depressing body of work uh there's a lot of information in some of these songs but in fact we could even play you one yeah. of them yeah they they're all over the map some of them uh, are environmental uh some of them are just fun anyway that was our plan and then covid hit And so now we don't know what the heck we're doing. But just last week, though, we made a video of one of the songs and with a very talented uh, videographer here. And we think maybe that's the direction we're going to go with it Mm -hmm. and keep moving that direction.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, we were just getting ready when COVID hit to go on tour with the whole show of these bird songs with our low-tech PowerPoint. Mm -hmm. And we were going to go play a birding festival in Arizona with Jack Williams and Judy and... um, We went to the same festival last year with them and played music, and it was Fellow
0: bird brains. One year ago, this week, uh, Jack Williams was a guest on this show.
2: A year ago, wow. One
0: year ago, and uh, that is in our archives there at uh, KOPN. Good. Or if you go on Facebook and you type in Glocal News, it'll come up, Glocal News and Social Artistry, and and all the different shows are there linked to the, the podcast of them. So nothing visual, but all audio.
1: You know, I I, I realize you have a a lot of of uh, sound clips available on our website and stuff. But but th- this song is not actually recorded. If we if you if you would it be possible okay. for us to oh, play oh, oh, no. yeah, you
0: okay. a song? Yeah, Give you a
1: little sampling.
2: So um, it's this is kind of interesting because I wrote this one. Long time ago, when I was feeling kind of depressed about the state of the world, and I just went out in the backyard and watched the chickadees, and it, it, it was good medicine. And but the way I did it, he played ukulele, and it was real tender and kind of kind of sad and gentle. But the lyrics, I thought, even though I thought they were, it was more it should have needed to be more uplifting. So Kelly subjected it to the banjo, and he sings it now. <laughs> subjected so, it oh. to the
1: banjo. Is that how you say it? <laughs> you know, yeah and so this this song is called chickadee and and uh I, it's important to uh, point out before we play it for you that um there's a, a musical motif you might say that that you'll hear throughout the song that needs some explanation um everybody knows the chickadee uh, as that little bubbly bird that says its name chickadee chickadee chicken it's a very personable bird that common at your feeder but find that very few people do know, it's it's song. It has a song that it sings, a very musical song, but it only sings this sporadically, usually when it's in the mood, you might say. It's a, it's a love song, okay? Oh, and, okay. Uh, it's a high-piping series of four notes that go like this. Okay, now, so we, we kind of- uh,
2: We use it as a cameo.
1: Something like that. So here goes chickadee. So
2: this is the um, the first song of this video series that we did with our friend Asha. Yeah. So
0: wonderful. Ready?
3: I can't take it, at it times like, like that, it, I just, just slip my back, it. and I'll wash the birds, it's like magic, scream chickadee so innocently, for the fires of war are still, still burning. burning, let your song comfort me, chickadee. At a times time like these, these, I fall down, 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 down on my knees, Mother, Mother Nature wraps her arms all around me. Sing, walking bird, please don't utter a word about the troubles of the world, cause I'm resting, but you're right in your wings while you sing. bird, come, come around, on. speak to me still.
0: bird
1: in there
2: didn't you yeah we did and yeah. we
1: mentioned the whippoorwill the whippoorwill is one of those birds that's disappearing it says
2: its name too
1: they're much yeah you know they're... that's chuck
2: Wills' widow oh yeah i'm so. whippoorwill
1: not as 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 bad the chuck Wheels widow is the one that's disappearing fastest Whippoorwill's is also down oh almost do all the, wh- the birds do are the down whippoorwill you, yeah, most people know that but maybe um, not they...
2: whippoorwill
1: Oh, I grew up with that
2: sound. They can really keep you up at night. The
1: nocturnal birds. But, you know, it's getting to where kids don't really know those things anymore because they're they're not so common anymore.
2: Bob White's his name.
1: Are we clear at all about why this is happening? It's, you know, that's a a great question. It's it's complicated, but my opinion is habitat loss is number one. Climate change is huge mm-hmm. uh, because that's messing up the, the timing for the migrations and the food sources. Uh, like for instance, a bird might go to South America and expect a certain insect to be ready to eat at that moment and it gets there and the and the seasons have changed and so the insect's not there at the right time. That You can see huge collapse of population for that reason. Uh, you know, monocropping, uh, again, habitat loss, but monocropping where so much of the land is covered by this one crop like wheat or soy. corn or, or soy and that is useless to wildlife i mean it is virtually useless except maybe to starlings you know but even starlings numbers are down shockingly enough even house sparrow numbers are down there's a few birds that are winners and it's kind of mysterious one of the winners is the vulture family oh
0: 240 increase oh that makes sense
2: carrying you know they're doing
0: okay we've had uh, a crow family circling that they come to our backyard and they eat cat food i don't know if that's very good for them but i bet the cat food is excellent food for uh, any critter I...
2: <laughs> yeah in fact judy we just were at nine stone the other day and she feeds the crows and she uses puppy chow and bird seed and some other kind. Yeah. She mixes a bunch of stuff yeah. together. Puppy chow. We, we actually
1: met some a lady the other day that feeds crows. Yep. and I love yeah. that. I like. Yeah, yep. I love crows. Don Donna and I love crows. We, you know, some crow, people. Crow,
2: yeah, she's crow. got a song called
1: Crow Crow. Yeah, <laughs> 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 I don't think you know that song though, do you? Well,
2: I've been working on it.
1: When we have had the opportunity
0: to be with you at Wattle Hollow,
1: there is a website uh, for Wattle Hollow. Um, I'm not sure if it's .org or .com, but you can find it on
2: W A T T L E, like a tur- like a turkey's water. waddle
1: hollow. And what it is is it's kind of a hard to describe, but it, uh, to me, I think of it like a goddess
2: retreat center, retreat center. Buddhist Buddhist retreat center, a They're, lot of Buddhism. So
1: basically, it's it, there's a bunch of small buildings. Uh, some of them are built out of cob. They're all fr- free form, mm-hmm. and so you wouldn't be surprised at all to see a fish, you know, heads on the side of the building. Uh, sticking out, or or a a, a big bosomed goddess, uh, you know, made out of out of ferro cement, uh, in the corner, you know, and and it's it's just artistically it's beautiful, um, it's very deep in the Ozarks, you know, very deep hollow, and uh, there's a beautiful pond in front of it,
2: really beautiful, great outhouses too. So this is yes. a
1: serious Ozark landscape. Uh, you have to go pretty far to get this kind of beauty it's very very dramatic you could mm-hmm. say there's a big creek at the bottom in the hills that sometimes is just rushing with you know tons of water and giant boulders it's it's one of the prettier places in the ozarks so we have these retreats every year where uh twice a year one in may and one in october and uh for, we have about 18 20 people come and we have a very intimate weekend uh, how
2: many of y'all come to do you have you ever counted
0: we started in 2013 i
2: think in the
0: fall we did most all of them
3: yeah
1: it's one of our favorite things about the whole uh thing is is that that we have this family that's evolved around this retreat and you are part of it both of you are a part of it and so and there's year after year we all get together and we have good time to get we eat meals together
2: great meals yeah (laughs) we hire
1: a chef uh, named Chef Tuesday, and she <laughs> makes great vegetarian food, and that's always wonderful, and it's it's good for all the, the people that are normally meat eaters to be... Uh,
2: Take a break. To
1: find out what it's like to live for three days yeah. on nothing yeah. but
0: vegetables.
2: I know people, there's a few people that bring their Vienna sausages and hide them in their room. <laughs> <laughs> people,
0: not you people, guys, though. People, me. people come from all over the country. Yeah, They do. Yeah. Fly in, drive in, however it works, and yeah. And Jack Williams will take uh, usually the Saturday morning to do uh, some kind of a workshop thing for us. And then uh, Donna, you usually have Saturday afternoon, and uh, Kelly, you've got Sunday morning. Right. And each of the three are so different and so even different each time. Uh, We
1: try. We we try try. to reinvent ourselves, and that part of the part one of the biggest challenges we have is that we. We always have at least half of the attendees are repeat, more than that. You're usually
2: what are we going to do different? We can't do the
1: same thing after year after year.
2: 25 episodes.
1: (laughs) So that's our big challenge is to constantly come up something fresh. You know,
0: Marcia and I have particularly fond memories of the two of you during one particular retreat where I think maybe Donna, it was your afternoon session. And you had everybody get in twos.
2: Oh, I love that. And
0: tell us, was it a dream or a story or some personal thing about yourself? And then the the partner, whoever was listening, would then take notes and go write a song. And, and it would be vice versa. The same thing would happen
2: on the other side. I know. I love the one you wrote when you and I partnered up, Dick.
0: <laughs> well
2: wow. it, the, the spinning, spinning one. spinning song. Yeah. The spinning yeah.
0: dream. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite songs now and then. Margie. Marcia had a, a song. in talking with Kelly about that's this, right. This trip back to Ireland and England. And...
2: Oh, the, the Stones, yeah. Yeah, Boy, so I awesome. do.
0: I do. I have those lyrics. I I, I remember that. Yes.
1: You guys she should
2: was, sing it on this show.
0: Yeah, she was just telling uh, someone about that story just real recently about you going back and and searching. You know, sort of searching for your. More ancient roots, and and you thought maybe at first it was in Ireland, but then you were led to England and Glastonbury, and then on over to a smaller town where they had some. That's stone right. House. That's <laughs>
1: right. You know, uh, just to complete that story, I'll tell you the short version of it. But it, it so we ended up in Avebury, um, and that was after seeing uh, Stonehenge, for instance. You know, I expected something there to feel like home because I have roots in that. that area so um, nothing resonated and um, I found Stonehenge kind of disturbing because you can't touch it and uh and there's cars whizzing by on the highway you know and it just there's things strange about that so anyway we also went to avebury which is not that far from Stonehenge it's a much bigger stone circle but it's mostly been destroyed by Europeans over the years you know they ended up Taking most of the stones and building things out of them. There, um, most unexpectedly, um, there was there's two stones right in the center of every berry, and um, one of them is tall and skinny, and one of them is kind of a big, just a big blob. And I'm And,
2: I'm, and it's quite large. You know,
1: like, I'm I'm thinking maybe uh, you know 16 feet across, and about 10 feet high. And I was inexplicably drawn to the the big.
2: Blah, voluptuous one the voluptuous one
1: <laughs> and i mean in a in a weird way i i really don't know I, I was drawn to it i just wanted to be with it i wanted it seemed I, I thought it wanted to tell me something but i didn't know how to communicate and um and i'm not normally like that i like i don't have a real strong woo-woo uh <laughs> you like, not a woo man <laughs> like she is and, and like sometimes i wish i was but i'm just not so but nevertheless uh, i didn't something was going on and i was with two other friends uh we were traveling in europe together and and i told them, and they wanted to have lunch and i and i said you know why don't y'all go have lunch and leave me here and come back and get me later wow. all i want, and so and i just wanted to have some time with that stone so I, and there was nobody else there it was not like a tourist place you know there's nobody there so
0: just i put shoot. my back
1: against that stone <laughs> and i waited patiently for that stone to speak to me and tell me why I was there, why it was so important to me. And I sad to say that that's kind of it. I, I, did, I didn't get a clear message. It's still a mystery to me, but I still feel so strongly about it. If I ever go back to Europe, I, I guarantee you I'm not interested in anything, any of the, <laughs> the fancy museums. I'm going to go straight to Avebury and see that stone. That's all I want to do.
2: <laughs> Reminds me of um, Close Encounters, you know, where Richard Dreyfuss is building. All these people are building these towers out of clay and pick. You know.
1: There's something about important about that stone.
2: We huh? had a picture of it. We had been to Stonehenge and then Avebury too. Right after
0: that, yes, uh, in 2007. Ah. Yeah. And Marcia took a picture, I believe, maybe of the very stone. The very same stone. uh, I bet so. I I have
1: pictures of it. Yeah.
0: You you gave me a picture of. of Okay. All right. So I could put it on the website. I'm
1: not
3: sure which one ended up on the
2: website. That's cool. Yeah. That's so cool. Well,
0: also when we were in England on our that same trip, we were over at Tintagel, on the coast, and we took a walk out along the ocean on a path there and came up on, you know, they have these jutting little mm-hmm. peninsular things that jut out, and, and you can go down and look on them, and, and I saw out at the end of one of them a turtle. What? A huge turtle of stone, oh. and it was just sitting there looking out over the ocean, wow. and and I walked all the way up to it and, and you know, kind of did your stone thing and talked to the yeah. turtle. And, and uh, uh, we called it Turtle Mesa after that. And oh, yeah. I, we don't know if anybody else has ever acknowledged this beautiful right. turtle, but uh, we know it's there. And, and uh, <laughs> so I know how you kind of feel about connecting. That's great to hear this well kelly you helped me with a couple of my songs and yeah uh, i have slipped them in from time to time on a good. show if the time didn't work out otherwise yeah i'm happy yeah. to hear that yeah, Good, really great and we yeah. love the way that uh, song ended up with
1: the thank you good <laughs> good i like the way it's kind of too
2: yeah vocals and oh
1: man i was honored to get to to play on it. Are you, know. guys,
2: are you guys writing a lot during this COVID time? Mostly poetry, it seems. Oh, okay. That's, that counts just as much. Yep. And uh, my last song was,
0: I mean, my my last poem was Dandelion that
2: I finished. Sometimes I start things and
0: I never get around to finishing
2: it. Uh,
0: you know, you know, does, know that, does that ever happen to you? <laughs> or am I the only person?
2: No, I <laughs> usually, no, a lot of, most songwriters I know have, bits and fits and pieces and stuff but i i'm usually pretty obsessive it usually comes out pretty quick and um i just wrote one today about avalon the miss of avalon that i've been i haven't even heard it yet but it took me two days i'm still waiting i had to keep going through walks in the park and kind of like letting it wash over i actually had to finish the book before i could write it so, so um, is,
0: is this Avalon Glastonbury?
2: Yeah, well, it was, um, it was the the island of the priestesses and magic and everything. Yeah, where, yeah And then right. the mists eventually, when Christianity came yeah. to England and stuff, um, the old way, the fairies, the magic. It's the story of King Arthur and Camelot told through yeah, the women. Cool. Wow.
0: Well, so, we, we were on the very place we that were, King Arthur was conceived.
2: Not wow, that's fantastic. No,
0: and also where his bones were buried in Glastonbury. Uh, some people think that. And Yeah, okay. yeah. And, and where Mary Magdalene came with the bones of Jesus and and uh, he was there in a little chapel there in Glastonbury for a while. It's a strong belief among yeah. many uh folks in that area. And, yeah. Uh, Glastonbury Abbey, you know, that's where supposedly King Arthur's Bones were buried. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. So the next time you go back, you want to hang out just a little bit in Glastonbury, which was Avalon.
1: I think yeah. so. Yeah. Who knows? If we'll ever get back over no, there. I, I don't no, know.
2: Nobody's flying too much right now. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. Truly, truly. You know,
1: we we found a, a way to uh, share our music. Uh, uh, we have th- well. It's almost over though, and cold. because of the cold that's just starting to emerge here. But we did nine concerts in about less than two weeks oh, in wow. our front in our front yard, wow. and in our porch. So what we did is we it, no, nothing fancy. We uh, we would email about ten people and ask them if they'd like to come, and at seven o'clock and. We just move the cars out of the driveway and get everybody separated, nice, so they're all good and safe. And we sit there on the on our porch, which we found out kind of had a natural throwing ability to project the sound forward. And we just play a little concert of of obscure songs.
2: Yeah, the rule of the concert we had every time we did one, we had to have a different group of people, and uh, and we had to pick songs from our archives that maybe no. Maybe nobody have ever heard. Uh-huh. Never played. Yeah. Um, I played several that Kelly had never even yeah. heard. I was playing was lots fun.
1: of lots of covers that I I like to play that I, yeah. never, I haven't gotten to play in ages. Yeah. And we had more fun. And we it, now it's getting cold. And um, I mean cold. It's yeah. It's starting to that time of evening. It's fifty five degrees. Fingers
2: you know, don't it, work, it, you know. Sure. Yeah. Well, it's what are
1: you doing tom- tomorrow night? What's going on tomorrow it's Okay, night? No, tomorrow night's we are doing a live
0: <laughs> Zoom. Now, this is available to the public. Uh, but d- but we, we need to remind our people that this happened last Wednesday, uh, if you're listening, folks, uh, on Wednesday the 28th. Uh, oh, the show yeah. that we're talking about now happened on the 21st. But go ahead okay. and tell us what's happening tomorrow.
1: Okay, so one of our our Hollow attendees named Sue Fink. She has initiated a Zoom series, and this is the very first one. What's she call it?
0: Is she out of Chicago? Yes, some cafe or something. Yeah. Oh
1: yeah, the, the cafe, virtual... the virtual cafe. Anyway, and it's gonna it's gonna be lovely. And uh, she's a wonderful songwriter. She's kind of a somewhat humorous in her approach, kind of quirky in a really good way, and we uh, really love what she does. And she's invited us and Jack Williams to be a trio. Basically, we're going to bounce between Jack, Sue, and us, mm-hmm. one after another. So oh. I'm sorry this is after the fact, uh, but um, yeah, all of the musicians uh, have been finding ways to express themselves online. We've done uh, four or five Zoom concerts and Facebook live concerts, and uh, they're they're okay. You know, it's it could be better, but but it's better than nothing. we actually like playing on our porch
0: most (laughs) that's the best that's the best so kelly you also put music to poems that you have really i do drawn to
1: yeah i'm not nearly as a a productive of a a wordsmith as as donna is or or a lot of folks are and so i i I like to joke that i I steal from dead people you know like (laughs) and uh
2: no royalties yeah that's
1: right you got to make sure they're good and dead
2: yeah. So is that a, a necro
1: poet?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and but, I, I've, I have I have an album of, of nothing but those poems I, that is called the uh, the never ending conversation, huh. and uh, it's something dear to my heart. I, I think let's see, it has Wallace Stevens and
2: William Blake, E. E. Cummings.
1: That's right. Langston Hughes. There's a couple, of, yeah. The pygmies of the etoura forest. So it's a real hodgepodge. Okay, W.H. Uh, o- Auden is also
0: there. So I have a, a little challenge here for you. Okay. So I don't know of those if Langston Hughes is one that you have somewhere laying around close. Right. I'll give you a very short one that
1: um, is actually on that album. But, um, but it's a very disturbing poem uh, because it, it, uh, it's, it, it seems like a very bitter poem uh, in a way. I don't blame Langston Hughes for God's sake for being bitter, you know, but but I think it's written in a sarcastic way. Uh, you, I'll, I'll let y'all be the judge. Uh,
0: Before you start, I'll just let you know that uh, you do know that I taught at Lincoln University for thirty years, and one of our small theaters is called Langston Hughes Theater. So yeah. Langston Hughes is kind of an important character in our
1: Lincoln history. This is called "God Speaks to a Hungry Child."
3: Ooh, okay. Hungry child, this world was not made for you. You didn't buy shares in my railroad. You didn't invest in my corporation. And where are your stocks in Standard Oil? I made the world for the rich And the soon will be rich And the always have been rich Not for you
0: something
1: it's a it's kind of a disturbing song really you know you know i made the world for the rich and the soon will be rich and they always have been rich not for you hungry child uh you know it's like it's a bitter it's a bitter sarcastic song but you know i think it's pretty clear that it's it's sarcastic
2: Mm -hmm. um one thing that he's doing now during covid that i'm really excited about that he's wanted to do for years and never have gotten around to it is he is creating an instrumental CD he's got about five pieces in Mm. the in the can already yeah and um, it's exquisitely beautiful it's kind of like the tone of never ending conversation only with without poetry I mean it's um, yeah classical I've
1: been procrastinating on this project for about a zillion years and I'm finally getting after it and I'm having real it's it's really fun when I get immersed in a piece and I you can hardly drag me out of there once I get started the hardest part for me is always getting started mm-hmm. you know just yeah. the very the very first notes <laughs> so you have a variety
0: of instruments
1: yeah uh, it's and, funny and- i've got a, this this instrumental album there's a little group of instruments that is is kind of coalescing into my little chamber orchestra of sorts so the the instruments basically of course the it's always a nylon string guitar that was just a steel string i, I just played then but because it happened to be here but i'm really falling in love back with my nylon string guitar which is what how i started and so it has guitar an antique pump organ
2: preacher pump organ that folds up into a little suitcase
1: and i use it on virtually every song all the recorders like the the soprano and the tenor and, and the alto recorder upright bass both plucked and bowed mandolin and,
2: Miscellaneous percussion.
1: And then, uh, you know, maybe a little banjo, but in an unconventional way. And, and Don has been playing a little uh, violin, too. But th- that's kind of the nucleus of what's happening. It's if there's any two instruments
0: that are guiding it, it's the organ and the guitar. So it sounds to me like you're just taking your Sunday morning workshop where you bring in <laughs> boxes of instruments. And cart- it takes you 30 minutes to bring in all the instruments into the room. <laughs> and then you have us assigned, or we get to pick
2: an instrument, and then we do little groups of... Little creations that are always yeah. just, always different and amazing.
1: We, we have a, Don and I, I don't know how it is, but we have a, a nice collection of ethnic instruments from all over the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like charango, and balalaika, and oud, and, Ood and uh, you know, and so we, 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 and then a whole bunch more. Uh, yeshin from from Japan, and... A
2: harp. And South America.
1: So we we put all these in the in the van and drag them down to Waddle Hollow and, and we had these jam uh, sessions basically. But but they're hopefully they're more than jam sessions. We we challenge everybody. We give you know some guidelines, uh, maybe a, a form like a, it's going to be a rondo form or it's or whatever. in and. and and, we, and then we group everybody into little pods, like maybe four people. And they they go off in their own little area out in the woods and, and work on it for 30 or 40 minutes and come back and play it for us.
2: And it has to have a name. And it has to have a... Um, the group needs a name, too.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> you, you guys know the ropes. So you used a word, and I'm going to use that word to take you back even further. Uh-oh. You used the word Rondo. Yeah. And that is sort of a technical musical... Term that you might have learned in an academic setting. I don't know, but right. you do have a bit of history in academia. Yep. So- well, I had
1: like I have a, I have a sorted past, you know. <laughs> so I I did study music. I, I didn't finish. Uh, I, I studied music uh, at the University of Oklahoma and then again at the University at Arizona State in Tempe, Arizona, and uh, I became very passionately uh, you know, about classical music and and about certain composers, uh, not just all of them, but certain composers really turned me on. And so I really studied them intensely. And uh, like, for instance, Monteverdi and Jean-Philippe Rameau.
2: Charles Ives.
1: Charles Ives, these are my heroes. Eric Satie, strangely enough, is another one. There's really no rhyme or reason to it because uh, that's you know, we're stretching almost all the way back to early Baroque there, all the way into the 20th century but those people inspired me and i did learn a little bit at school i've forgotten a lot of it you know <laughs> and i don't really call myself classically trained but i but i um but it is definitely there's a, a certain dose of that in my my learning yeah
0: well, you taught us you know and <laughs> yeah yeah and i do i love
1: you know a lot of the, the you know one thing that one of my themes at wattle hollow is uh is that what I did learn in classical music studying classical music is is the expansiveness uh, of the ideas in like for instance in form and texture and uh, use of range and uh the all those things that that are, are actually foregone conclusions in a classical composition uh, are almost never present in popular music and they could be people writing popular music could easily use a wider palette if they wanted to
2: and just to think outside the box, you know just to try to think as as songwriters that we don't have to use those formulas you know verse chorus, verse chorus bridge, that we can think outside the box and and create our own forms and and you know I learned that from Kelly because I came from like country Western, which is as formulaic as as it gets yeah. and um it's been fun to try to break out of that box.
1: It's uh, it's funny to me that we have so much overused the verse, chorus, verse, chorus theme and maybe throw a bridge in there if you think you're clever or whatever, but, you know, <laughs> it, we've, we've used that grid.
2: We meaning our culture. Uh, our whole culture.
1: <laughs> so we overused it so much. But now, it is utterly refreshing to hear a song that has no chorus. <laughs> mm. I mean, to hear a song in the ballad form, which is just a, 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 you know, just verses, verses. I mean, like you would have heard in the 16th century from a... a, a well, bo-
2: Bob Dylan did that a and, lot,
1: right? You hear that in Woody, Woody Guthrie, you Woody hear Guthrie. it in Bobby, Bob Dylan. There's many great songwriters have used that form. And to me, it's very refreshing because it at least it gets away from the formulaic uh, verse-chorus trap.
0: Well, it says on your website that that's what you cut your teeth on was uh, Bob Dylan and, and Woody Guthrie yeah. and Pete Seeger. and uh, I was
1: I was self-taught with ukulele and then guitar and banjo, but but I just played whatever I get my hands on and, and whatever records my parents happen to have. And they had some folk records with some Pete Seeger on there. Oh, in
2: fact, I want to tell my favorite story. It's so cute. Um, we were playing the Woody Guthrie Festival in Okemah, Oklahoma, and it was um, Pete Seeger was on the bill. Kelly's favorite moment ever. He was, we were down in the, in the green rooms down below and Pete was getting ready to go on stage and he had picked up his case and the banjo fell, his iconic banjo fell out on the floor. Oh. And Kelly got, it, was, oh, it wasn't hurt, but Kelly got to kind of pick it up and fluff it up and help him get going where he was going. He was, he was so shook up and, the, and then we got to get on stage and we have a photo hanging in our hallway of Pete Seeger, Kelly, and me all on stage together. I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Our finest moment. (laughs) It was the The grand finale.
1: The grand finale of the Woody Guthrie Festival. So everyone was there, but
3: we
2: we edited out. And actually, you know, who else was in the photo with us and right cropped in with us was Dave Carter. He passed away from the world when he was like 49. One of the finest folks, songwriters Mm that I've ever heard, yeah. he, uh, just brilliant, brilliant. He yeah. was um, kind of up and coming and lost him way too young. Yep. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you got a CD
1: deal in Europe? Well, yeah, we were regulars at the Folk Alliance, which is a big gathering.
2: Folk Alliance International.
1: And so um, folk musicians from all over the country that are trying to eke out living all over the world, really, but mostly United States and Canada, we all gather in some town. Uh,
2: Memphis, Memphis, or...
1: Kansas City, been various places, uh, it's moved around. We used to do it every year, and it was a way of trying to find work, basically. So there are a few European labels and promoters that go to Folk Alliance to look for people that they think would be good for their area. Uh-huh. And a Swiss, a Swiss label named uh, Brambus Records saw us play and wanted us to come. And so we did that for nine years.
2: Three weeks every year. Yeah, once yeah. a year.
1: It was a very beautiful, colorful experience. It was real hard work. We Mm. would play every night in a different village. And it was- Three weeks. Yeah, it was relentless. Uh, You know, just we're not used to quite that much. We normally play on the weekend. But luckily,
2: Europe is so tiny, as you know, you could be two or three hours to drive to a gig and you'd have all afternoon to take a nap. I mean, you know.
1: (laughs) It was great. We met so many wonderful people. But the man who ran that operation retired, and so that kind of ended that, and it was kind of time to end it in a way. You know,
2: you know, Jack Williams did that same tour. He was yeah. a part of Bramus Records as well.
1: Yep. Oh, I didn't He's, know that either. No. Yeah. He sure does.
2: We have a lot in common. In fact, we met Jack at a Folk Alliance 25 yeah. years ago. He was
1: we- our next-door neighbor.
2: <laughs> at the hotel. Still in the Hills first year together. We had our room and we had a big banner outside our door that said Still in the Hill and about Jack Williams came over and said, hey, Still on the Hill, I'm your neighbor, I'm Jack Williams. And, and then at two in the morning, we were down in the lobby, jamming on our banjos. We were really raucous back then. There was a grand <laughs> piano right next to where we were playing. And here, Jack sits down and starts jamming on the grand piano with, oh, oh, oh. with, with this bluegrass. Kid group, you know, it was yeah, it was so great. Yeah, just...
0: good memories. Yeah, and we've never—I don't think we've ever heard Jack on a piano because uh, oh, he can play the man. piano. Oh
2: man, he can play piano.
0: He's a good pianist too, wow.
1: and, and
2: trumpet. Yeah, uh, and you all memory. are
0: kind of neighbors now. Uh, we are Jack.
1: Yeah, Jack and judy live 20 minutes from, they're we're pretty far outside of town they
2: near wattle holland
1: yeah they live uh, have a beautiful place out in the country and don and i are city dwellers we live smack in the middle of fayetteville which is i i'm you know i guess to most people is, is a relatively small town of, a small town of eighty thousand people growing fast and you know it's kind of disturbing I, this is my hometown i grew up here uh-huh and, it's disconcerting to watch it grow so fast. It's being connected with Springdale and Rogers and Bentonville, and it's, it's, a, it's becoming one metropolis.
0: giant right. metropolis. And- so in Fayetteville, somewhere I think on your webpage, it says that you all were recognized because of the service that you all give to the community. So since we're talking about building a more humane world and every everything you do is in that vein, but let's bring it back home and what kind of things do you do around town okay well he is the
2: president of the omni center which is our local peace justice and ecology center it's been around for many moons and kelly's the president
1: and we've been with the omni center since it started about eight 19 years ago and um it's been a big part of our world we um so through that uh, Don and I we for years uh, we've we've we enjoy making events or kind of creating events and so we have uh, organized rallies over the year anti-war rallies anti huge
2: earth day events things
1: to try to stop the Iraq war the Afghanistan war but mostly environmental things climate change of course the pipeline all different issues but climate change has always been the main thing and and, and we've kind of Taking it on every, not every single year but we usually do something for earth day
2: pretty and, pretty big
1: and so we've created big it's hard to describe but really large events with uh lots of bells and whistles and all kinds of music and um
0: <laughs> i don't even know where to start on that <laughs> we have but, we have an earth day celebration in columbia missouri that our PeaceWorks coalition yeah, yeah. puts on and they have booths and all kinds okay. of groups and, and music groups in the park. and
2: One example, we did one year, we did a polar arcade. And we had arcade games that were all ecological. We had Knock the Hummers off the road, and it had all these little hummers. <laughs> and and you, with a beanbag, when you flip them over, they turn into bicycles. And we had a coal plant ring toss. And we had Plant a Seed for Peace, and kids could dig and uh, get a packet of seeds. And um, after, if they went through all the things, they got stamps and at the end they got a healthy snow cone that had like orange juice in it, uh-huh. in, the, in the crushed uh-huh. ice. But the kids didn't like it because it wasn't all sugary sweet. It wasn't enough.
0: sweet enough, yeah.
2: Orange juice. <laughs> and we had a, a, a big movie theater that showed the Lorax and we had um, mu- music all solar run, um, solar run stage, yep. uh, et cetera.
1: The most recent thing we did was what we we organized this last year. We organized a big rally in support of Greta Thunberg and mm-hmm. and her whole Friday for a future mm-hmm. thing, and had a big big concert. So that's part of our our deal. We try to to whip oh. up uh, things like that, and we work steadily uh, at some of these things. Just kind of on. I guess
2: we're getting we're taking a break around the edges right now with COVID. Can't do a yeah. lot of getting together, no. but we're going to vote tomorrow.
0: All right, <laughs> we we yes. sent ours in. Or I actually took them into the county court. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. 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 It's a big. Yeah. It, it is the season.
1: It is well, the season.
0: It it is also uh, about time for us to yeah. say adieu do. Oh. Well,
1: you. what a pleasure it is to see you <laughs> two. I'm we're big fans of KOPN, and uh, and I'm so glad that y'all are y'all are keeping this going. Mm.
0: All right, well, it's Kelly and Donna Mulholland still on thehill.com. Check out their music, their lyrics, their projects, their awards, their humanity. And we look forward to the next time we get to see you. We're going to see you tomorrow night, actually. Oh,
2: good. Good, good. good.
0: Looking forward to that. All right. We love you, you. guys. And, love and you, I too. And I side off with a little statement that says, uh, and remember, folks, wherever you are, that is your world please leave your world cleaner, more peaceful, and more loving than you found it. Because if it is to be, it is up to us. So take care and talk to you soon.
2: Nice.